is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Wherever you're watching or listening, Real Kipper and Born, give us your feedback. Rating and reviews on your podcast platform are always welcome. Tell us how you feel about Sammy bailing on us this week. Chat line's going well on our YouTube channel, on our Sportsnet YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Danarchist says, make the trade for Ben Sherratt. Get it done, Kyle. I continue to see how hard Sherratt plays. You think, uh, see, I, I, I like Ben Sherratt. Yeah. I just don't know if even trading for Ben Sherratt is a complete game changer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. It's tough to see a game changer out there. Chikrin changes the look of the decor, but doesn't change anything of what we've been discussing that we feel are shortcomings. Defending, physicality, nastiness, any of that. So having good players is good, though. I don't think that there's any issue there. So, yeah, I don't see a super easy fix to just go out there. But, yeah, Sherrod, Sherrod helps. Gets you closer, right? You mentioned Chikrin as well. There is only one reason why Ben Schrott is still a member of the Montreal Canadiens, and that's because they can't get the first rounder that they're asking for. Is that right? Yes. And that is an issue here for a lot of names. And we mentioned uh, earlier two weeks to go on the trade deadline. And there's, there's, we've got a handful of names Mm -hmm. like Klingberg's, you know, been out there. I don't know whether or not they're going to trade him or not. But he's out there. Chikrin's out there. We just mentioned Ben Sherrod. But all of these guys are coming with a, we want a first rounder. Not a lot of teams out there willing to throw their first rounders away. Well, it feels like there's been a bit of a recalibration in the market here of what the cost of a rental D is. Like last year was uh, just, teams are out of their mind. The Savard thing really messed well, people up. That's the measuring stick right now. But it, yeah, but it, times have changed. There's more sellers than buyers. Half the league is out of the playoffs already. That's the problem. Yeah. These teams are turning around and said uh, that was also overpriced. Tampa was willing to spend it, but we're not. Yeah, we'll go call on Mark Giordano. We'll go call Travis on Travis Dermott from the Leafs. There are teams looking to. I think Seattle would dearly love to get a first rounder. For Giordano. For, for Giordano. But yeah. I, that would never happen if, if Ben Sherratt doesn't go for a first rounder. No. And tough to imagine a world where that's happening in last year. Again, Savard was a first. I think there were some other. I can't remember. The D, D cost a lot last year. So maybe the market is kind of getting itself back to a reasonable rate for those guys. A couple of things that stood out for me. Uh, you want to do uh, Anaheim's game-winning goal, Raquel's. Yeah. Whether or not it was too many men on the ice, uh, Bob Bugner from San Jose was not very happy. No, he says, uh, so they take the draw, uh, they win it back to their D, and Henrique swings around slow and changes into the short end of the bench with Raquel at the far end of the bench, so when they make the change, he's now behind the D. It's a set play. Yeah, it's lacrosse play, lacrosse change. I love it. Um, and they make the direct tape to tape pass and Henrique is still on the ice. I still love the play. I love that they tried it. They, you know, called before the period even started. They executed it. Raquel scores. They win the game and it's all over. Did you think they should have called it back? 100%. Yeah. But 
why? And this is where people get a little confused. Like, what was the issue here? The change was change fine. fine. You want to use the bench? No rule saying wh- where exactly the player needs to come on from. Yep. So everything's fine. What's the main issue on why it should not have been a goal? He plays the puck before Henrique is off. Thank you. Yeah. Henrique is clearly still on the ice. All he had to do was get the hell off the ice. Yeah. It's a lazy you know execution of that change. He stays. Waits for the gate. And he, no, he watches. Oh, was that what he was he doing? He stayed. <laughs> All he had to do was get off the ice. Yeah. And if you want to watch, Adam, just buy a ticket like everybody else. <laughs> like but we're trying to execute a trick play here. Get off the ice and you're fine yeah. because there's always going to be that buffer zone for officials. People want the rule change. People said they were cheating. They weren't cheating. They just missed the call. You cannot touch the puck. Raquel cannot touch the puck if that guy's still standing on the ice. Yeah. That's the rule. Right. It's a hard one. And Bugner says... It's just a complete disastrous blown call. The officials don't even come over to the bench. They race off the ice without the respect to come and explain it. Everybody missed it. If you watch the replay, it's too many men all day long. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But, but the officials cannot review that. No, I guess not. You got to no. catch that one in real you gotta time. You got to catch it, and if you miss it, you miss it. But great to see a play call from center ice in overtime. I thought that was wonderful. Okay. The other one... It's just eat me up okay. this weekend is watching Mike Smith knock the net off mm-hmm. and somehow, some way going to the official and arguing it. Yeah. This probably we see once or twice a week. Now, if I, if I stand corrected, we saw Austin Matthews uh, try the Michigan. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that attempt? I, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's not always going to go in, but you're standing behind the net. To get a shot on net from there, you have to find someone. They have to shoot it. You create your own opportunity. Yeah. It's a good try. Oh, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's... Play the it's a dinosaur line. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Everybody should try it, right? Yes. Everybody should try How many guys now on every team would have the ability to do that? A couple of guys a team, right? Oh, I'd say a little bit more than that. Yeah. I'd say maybe five or six. Probably in real time, yep. Yeah. I think so, too. And so it's maybe, just... maybe we're going to see five or six times a game. Do you want to see that? You want to see five or – you want to see each guy have a try if they get behind the net by themselves so line to do up that? And take turns. Have you seen the fake Michigan that's been working around yes, the different I did leagues? See them. Pretty clever. Very clever. I, I think if you can do it in a way that you can create something around the net, even if it doesn't go in, it's even more valuable. You know, like uh, I'd like to see a few more stuff. Let me throw it in his chest. I don't know. Get it out front if you have to. Zegers it. Fine. I just. I mean, it's I just, just don't. I, I don't want to see it attempted six times a game, though. Yeah. Would you agree with me on that? No, I love it. Oh my I, god. I think it genuinely creates offense okay. from a spot. That we're off topic, anyways. <laughs> Mike Smith. Mike Smith, Demko. I think knocked the net off, if I'm not mistaken, on that play to get a whistle. Mm-hmm. This has got to stop. Mike Smith owns bad. Okay. Full really arm extension, bad. not just a skating. And I post. have no idea what he said to the official, but no sale. No. I was off balance. I don't know. 
Uh, I stepped on a penny. Mike Smith, I the dramatics out of this guy over the course of his career. This is here is how the league shuts it down. Okay, okay. You will from here on in award a automatic two minute penalty if any member on your team knocks a net unassisted. Mm-hmm. It is no different than shooting a puck over the glass. It is black and white. There is no gray. If you unassistedly are not hampered in any way from the opposition, right, you will get a two-minute penalty. It would have been hilarious to see Matthew sitting in the box with his mouth bleeding from skating into the crossbar the other day for taking the post off. But listen, I know it's not good radio, but I agree. I agree. You're right. It, the, to a, it's like a high stick. You're still on the hook for high yeah. sticking someone if you didn't mean to. So the point is be careful where your stick is. Be careful where the net is. My only quibble is just how secure is the net to the to the ice? Like what if it's just a little loose or the liney didn't put it on very good and a subtle bump takes it off? Uh... How would you... How would you not know if your net's secure or not if you're a goaltender? Now and you give it, it a little rattle before If you it have... isn't, you set it in yourself. Right. I don't think that's ever been an issue where the net was never really on to begin with. Right. I think it's a good idea because it is garbage when you take away opportunities and the other team is swirling around and the goalie just goes, I, it eliminates, I didn't know where the post it was. It just eliminates all the, I don't really know what you were thinking. Maybe you were, maybe yeah. you weren't. It just eliminates all that. Yeah. No, I, I like the idea of taking the sort of was it or wasn't it out of the equation. Be a little bit more careful. You want, we're, we're, we're scrambling to keep plays alive, whistle, no whistles, mm-hmm. no, just a, a horrible stoppage of play. Yeah, a it goalie is. deciding to nudge the net off. Yeah. No, it's a good idea because okay. it, it was unnecessary. I didn't like it. I like your idea. I'm on board. That's our Kipper and Bourne rule change of the day. We have several. Um, Calgary and uh, Colorado played a couple nights ago. It was a good game. Great. Two best teams in the West. Uh, how do you argue that? Yeah, unless you really like Vegas. But no, that that's it for me. What did you think of uh, Dan Vladar starting yes. for the Flames? I thought it was brilliant. What? I do. Okay. I think if you're Daryl Sutter, it, it it's an automatic and you think you've got the best goaltender in the league in In Markstrom. Yeah. And you think the best chance to go into Denver and win is with your best goaltender. Mm -hmm. And it almost gives me that mentality that I would think that the Leafs could need. Okay. So you don't get your, your star goaltender against arguably the best team in the league and the team most favored to win the Stanley cup. And what does it do? It just revisits all the little things that you need to ha- have to happen right to yeah. beat this team. And no you, passengers, you, boys. You, we you don't act have our best guy differently in. for Vladar than you would Markstrom. You will play differently. The attention to detail will be that much more because you don't have your number one goalie in there. And I think the confidence that Calgary would have gotten mm-hmm. of going in there and winning with their backup goalie will only always make you feel that much better the next time you play a top team with your starting goaltender. Yeah. No, it's almost puts you in like a 
it's a bit of a win-win. You go in there on the road in their building, you lose, you're like, well, we had our backup on yes. the road in their building. You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, next time we're in there, we'll start Markstrom. You win, you're right. It is this little bit of a shot in the arm for the group. And boy, that Calgary team, it's tough not to look at them and see a playoff-built team. Great defending. <laughs> Eric Good Branson scores a lot, oh, apparently. Like, like, and tough. Yeah. Eric uh, Good Branson. Good Branson and Zadorov were like, two teams that legit, were kind of like you're not standing in front of the net with that guy and getting a free pass. You know, he just he's been one of the guys that the analytics community holds up and says this guy's not good. You know, and say he keeps moving on. The next team finds out he's not that good, and then he's kind of found a, a spot here as a third pair physical guy, scoring quite a bit right now. He's almost rebirth of the Luke Shens of the world. It is interesting, though, that there's a bit of a pendulum swing to be like all the things that were important in hockey are still important, still having defending and toughness. And, you know, it's not just speed and skill game still. There's still an element of, uh, of will that's, that's important. Branson, 6'5", 222. Back to my winning cups from the net on out. Yeah. Defense first. Shut down. Wait for your opportunities. That's how like, that those guys are now a hot commodity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about the price teams are willing to pay at the deadline. If you look around and ask fans and say, what does your team need? Just about every team's like at the deadline, we just need like a solid depth defenseman. You know, they, there is an appreciation for having those guys who shut things down, keep it quiet. The Labushkins of the world, if you will. We're waiting on Yarmo Kekalainen, general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, as the Toronto Maple Leafs are in town. And uh, Yarmo, uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate your time on a game day. You know, there's some GMs out there that, oh, I don't speak on game day. Um, <laughs> clearly, we're lucky today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I, I'm not going to score any goals. Or even <laughs> so I, think, I think I'm okay to talk. Thanks. We really appreciate it. First of all, first and foremost, uh, congratulations on a, a great ceremony for Rick Nash. Uh, being in a position to celebrate one of your own uh, was terrific and uh, even got to hear from our good friend of the show, uh, Doug McLean, as well. So your thoughts on, on the weekend? Oh, I thought it was great. I think it would have been perfect if we were somehow were able to uh, score the winning goal there in the overtime or, or in the shootout, but uh, Boston was was better that night. But other than that, it was it was an almost perfect night. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a wonderful ceremony for a great player, and obviously meant a lot to the franchise there. Um, you know, lo- looking at the the Blue Jackets and where they're at this season, um, how have you felt with your team's performance versus expectations? Um, you know, sitting in, in ninth right now in the in the East, are you guys uh, above or below where you thought thought and expected to be? Well, we, what we expected internally was that we we will compete for a playoff spot, and I think that's that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it a reset, not a rebuild. When we did what we did in the off season and then before the deadline last year, we felt that we have some strong core pieces uh, here, young ones too that we can build around with with our with our young new players and and some of them um, even not here yet. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but uh, 
with uh, with some highs that may be a little bit higher than expected, and then some of the lows have been a little bit lower than we expected too. But but overall, I think that uh, you know we're still we still got a uh, a chance to uh, to make the playoffs, and, and um, that's always the goal. But you know, I think that uh, the Blue Jackets will be a dangerous team in uh, in the in the next couple of years. Ten points out, you're the first team uh, knocking on the door, uh, which means that you're good enough to not be, say, horrible like a few others in the East who unfortunately were out as early as uh, end of November, but not necessarily good enough, as you said, maybe to, to make the playoffs. Is that hard now going two weeks into a trade deadline? Um would it have been easier to be one of those teams where you know that there might be more work when it comes to who stays and who goes? Where are you on that cusp line? Uh, I think we're going to be with the big picture in mind. We're only going to make moves that are going to make us stronger, not only this year, but but in, into the years to come. So um, that hasn't changed or we, we wouldn't have changed even if you were four points out or three points out of the Mm-hmm. Part of the playoffs, we're uh, we're building. We did the reset so the big we can build this the right way and be a Stanley Cup contender in the near future. And and that's going to take a little bit of time, a little bit of patience. But uh, once we get there, I think we'll be strong for for many years. And and um, no, I don't think there are any shortcuts. I think we uh, we did everything we could with the core that we had that we made the playoffs four four years in a row with, but. It wasn't good enough, strong enough to win the cup, and that's why we had to had to do a reset, and we're well on our way. I think I read uh, a quote from you where you're tired of hearing any trade rumors about Patrick Laine. Um, obviously, guy's been on absolute tear for you for for some time. W- where do you guys in, in the Laine camp stand with uh, free agent status uh, th- this summer? Well, we're we're we're, ta- we're talking. Yeah. We're, we're... You know, we made it clear that um, you know, we want him to stay, and I think he's made it pretty clear that he wants to stay. Now we just have to find the common ground. Those things sometimes take time, and and I was upset because there there hasn't been any talk about trading him with anybody. So somebody just made it up. And same thing with Alexander Texier, and, mm-hmm. and that that's what pisses me off, to be honest with you. That that when I know that there hasn't been any talks with any team. And all of a sudden, there's a rumor that that uh, you know we're taking calls on such and such, and I know that it's just BS, and and uh, you know I, I just don't think it's right. What about Patrick Laine in his game that's uh, given him success uh, with the goal scores, Yarmo? We know they're they're hot and cold, and sometimes when they're cold, it gets a little frustrating for fans to feel like anybody's worth any any amount of money, let alone maybe eight or nine million dollars. But what what is it about Patrick that that has given him a ton of success recently? Well, I think he's, he's playing the game the right way now. He's moving his feet. He's six foot five, but nobody in this league can play standing still and try to beat people beat people one on one or. Or, or one on two with with standing still or not having the the proper speed to get through the neutral zone and and using that to to your advantage to uh, to create scoring chances. It's a, it's a hard guy to stop when he's moving his feet with that size, that reach, and and he's he's got good one on one skills to to uh, create scoring opportunities. And everybody knows obviously his shot, but but his playmaking uh, ability is very underrated in my opinion. Um, if you watch the game against Boston, for example, and he makes that pass to uh, Boracek for the tying goal, right. 
that's that's not a pass that a lot of guys in this league can make. No, he's been uh, he's been nasty on both sides of it for sure. Um, you know, we are primarily a Leaf show here, and so one thing we like to do is uh, get get outside impressions of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, you guys saw them fairly recently. What, what are your thoughts on where the Leafs are at in their progression and, and hopes to do something more than losing the first round to the Columbus Blue Jackets? <laughs> well, I, they're, they're a great team. They've been a great team for a long time. Margins are so small. We, uh, you know, we have that one playoff series against them. They have a forward group that you can, you can compare to anybody in this league. They're, they're, they're a dangerous team. There's there's no question about it, and, and uh, they're maturing too. So, you know, they're 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 going to be good for a while, and and they can beat anybody in this league for sure. And and um, you know, the success will come. I'm convinced of that. Uh, another name that uh, uh, currently is is with you guys is Max Domi, of course, and uh, uh, there is a contract uh, situation where I I believe you'll be an unrestricted free agent. Um, Yarmo, um, just his progression as a Blue Jacket, and where are you with him? And uh, short and long-term plans. Well, Max, uh, Max is. Uh, we're, we're two weeks away from the, uh, the trade deadline, and and Max is, is has been a bit of like our team, a little bit inconsistent. Some some real good games, and some some not so good. But uh, you know, um, when when you get to this this stage of your career where you have that chance to be a, an unrestricted free agent. He has to make decisions. We have to make decisions and we'll see where we're at in two weeks. What have you uh, made of your, your young guys this year? Cole Sillinger been very good. Uh, Chinnikov looks like he's uh, had a good season. Where, where are you at on some of the younger players in the Blue Jackets? We're really encouraged with the, uh, the development of our young guys. Cole Sillinger, obviously, you never expect an 18-year-old to even make the team. You're not going right. to force him. You're not going to push it. But he's just, he made our team, and he's made our team better. And he's earned every, uh, every minute of his ice time. And, and, and it's almost the, uh, the opposite, where unless an 18-year-old guy clearly shows you that he belongs in the league, you want to want to send him back to develop but um he's been great ever since the uh the rookie tournament in traverse city and in the main camp and and uh he's going to be a real good player for us and, and a cornerstone cornerstone leader for, for years to come i'm, I'm convinced of that chinnikov's uh i think he's had a great first first season you know he's learning to play in the north american rink but he's getting better every day and that's what you want from a young player is that 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 um desire to get better every day the work ethic to do it and, and uh he's been a pleasure to work with he's, he's a real good young young kid that uh he's eager to learn and and he's got a smile on his face every day and just loves hockey and loves loves working to get better and and um you know, he's, he's been a i wouldn't say a surprise because we we love the skill level but just on on a personal level with 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 the character that he's shown this year has been tremendous Yarmo, without uh, giving away any trade secrets, uh, we mentioned two weeks to the trade deadline. Uh, my understanding is that uh, it's expensive out there. Is 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 that the sense that you're you're getting as well? The prices are 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 pretty high out there. Well, as I said, we're not really in the uh, the buyer's market here right now, especially in the in the rental market. We're not taking part in that. If, if we're going to make any moves, they'll be 
there'll be moves that the player will be with us not only this spring but uh, uh, into the future as well. But I, uh, it's been pretty quiet actually so far, and, and I'm sure it's going to heat up here this week and next. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Yarmo. Uh, really appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck uh, tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yarmo Kekalainen, general manager of Columbus. Eh, he's not giving away anything. I got not. nothing out of him. Well, I don't know. What'd you get? Well, he, he he's wants to sign Line A. Line A wants to stay. That's, you know, he's not trading him. That's interesting. Uh, Max Domi. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. I got a little something there. I felt oh, yeah, like, he's getting traded. Yeah. No, 100% he's getting traded. Okay. And we talk about Ty, uh, Max mm-hmm. here in, in Toronto and whether or not he'd be a good fit. And, you know, may, maybe maybe he would fit well. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that it's just not getting traded here. It's, it's a circus sometimes here, especially f- yeah. with a guy with that last name. I got your point about that, that it is it is not just trading for someone of his demeanor and his his player type. It is trading for someone with the last name Domi in Toronto. That is a significant yeah. spotlight. And he's a... Willie Nylander would be the happiest person in the world. Be like, talk about <laughs> someone else. Like, give, bring in a winger who everyone can scrutinize every shift. That isn't me. That would be delightful. Max is a talented guy, but he would need a team that would give him the best opportunity to shine. And I, I don't know. I, the, the team that I could actually see him going to mm-hmm. is a Colorado. Yeah. But see, Col- Where there's a number of guys that just will say, hey, Max, just go and have fun, do your thing, and yeah. we got your back here. You're not exactly here to save the world, but be a part of something. That to me would would fit in well for him. Yeah, like Landeskog and McKinnon and Kadri and like they got guys that yes. are talk about that ornery, talented combination. Like Domi wouldn't have to be that, but could still be playing with good players. Does sound like a nice fit. I mean, every player in the league would be like kill to be on Colorado right now. That team is so good. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting fit. Um, do you have anything on Max? Uh, Max Domi? Yeah. No. Oh, I thought you mentioned uh, that you had a little something on that. The other thing, too, is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Pims, uh, you were going to mention, I know that, for Columbus, if you were going to. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot to ask him about that. They they don't draw penalties, and they don't take penalties. Yeah. Opportunities. Power play opportunities. What was it over the past? How over many? the last six seasons, and I, I read it, I think, uh, in, in The Athletic. Um, I forget who wrote the article, but. Uh, Aaron Portsline. Yeah, Aaron Mentioned that uh, over the average of six seasons, they have been the least, uh, they've had the least power play opportunities. They don't draw penalties. Yeah. It was like a thousand less than the next Colorado, I think. Yeah. Like they get no power plays. And honestly, it's so drastic that I was like, that feels like league-wide conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Like I know it's not that. It, It tends to come down to player personnel and if you don't have guys who take penalties, you don't tend to draw penalties because you're not in the yeah. skirmishes and not in those crazy games. But I think it was Joe Bowen, who, of course, works with Jim Ralph on our telecasts uh, here in, uh, at Sportsnet, who also tweeted that Ma- Austin Matthews is way down mm-hmm. on drawing penalties. And how can a guy that has the puck that much 
draw no penalties. It is interesting. Do you have do you have a, I am, a list? I am going to pull this up here and see what I can track so, down. How how low is Austin Matthews? Because know, Sque- Squeaky Wheel gets the oil, and now Connor McDavid is leading by a fairly oh, substantial. <laughs> He is. He is far and away. Uh, he draws the most penalties in the NHL. The last I checked, uh, Michael Bunting was second. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It'll take me a okay. minute to sort right. through that. But so. anyways, uh, that's interesting when it comes to drawing penalties. It is. I, I do tend to believe that's a, a play style thing. But for Matthews, part of it is that he's so big and strong and his edges are so good, he never goes down. You know who used to draw a lot of penalties? Freddie Goche. You know why? Because he couldn't stand on his two <laughs> skates. He was huge, and when he went down, people were like, wow, they must have really hauled that bear down. So, nah, Matthews is just such a great sk- uh, such a great skater. We rarely see him hit the ice, so doesn't draw as many as you would think. Jack Eichel scored a pretty important goal yeah. last night. Starting to find it a little bit. With uh, uh, a late power play. Did you see the power play? Uh, I did. I saw the goal. Yeah, but did you see the the penalty that uh no. I think it was uh uh it was uh who took it the defenseman uh uh not Ben Chirot. who's I'm drawing a blank now. I got nothing. Ottawa. Star oh. defenseman. Why can uh, I Shabbat? Shabbat. Yeah. Chirot. Shabbat. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Anyways, it was a barely stick on the skate toe pick. It was a horrific call. This can't be right, this Austin Matthews thing I just found. He's not 400th in the league in penalties drawn. <laughs> Hold on. Is he drawn? You could update your computer, I no, think. No, he's drawn five penalties this season. Five. See? Five. That's 406th in the league. Okay. First is McDavid at 34. We can trust your source there? Yes, his natural stat trick at five okay. on five. McDavid has drawn 34, Bunting so how, 29, how long, Matthews has drawn 5. How long before how long before Sheldon or Kyle or Brendan Shanahan comes out and says what the Yeah, but well, what is going on here? He's one of the best players in the world. And I'm honestly I'm floored by that. 5 penalties all season he's drawn. He has the puck all, the whole game. How does that happen? I don't know. Too he's too good. He's too good. Can't balance is too can't good. Can't give any calls. It's just so different from the NBA where you're like, LeBron is 6'8", 260, has the ball, you know, and, and if he gets touched, they, they call him. They protect their stars in the NBA. No doubt about that. All right. So where else do you want to go? Well, the, the Columbus game tonight, Mrazek's getting the start. What are your thoughts on not giving it to Campbell and just saying sort it out? How much do you like Mrazek yeah. being involved I, uh, that's what you paid him $3.9 million for. And until someone steps up and says, it's my net again, which Mrazek did for a very short period of time, you you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You just keep going back and forth. And I'd, I'd start focusing or, uh, outside the goalies. Yeah. Let Steve Breer deal with them and just hope one night it it all comes together. But in the meantime... I'm shutting down everybody. No pinches, no jumping up on the rush, selective stretch passes. Yeah. The thing is, to me, it's playing in. away from your identity. That's the only thing that kind of their gives me a little glitch. Their identity stinks right now. Well, it's not great, but their identity is effective. They're sixth in the NHL. 
they're winning games, but it just feels like you're playing away from your strength when you're defending and you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I, I, I get it. I get your point. It just feels like, shouldn't you lean into what wouldn't you do a, well? Go school, Just go be the team who three, scores. would two, two win tonight? Like, 4-1? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> you don't need... You know, you don't need six tonight. You shouldn't need five or six goals. Tonight, uh, yeah, tonight it's not exactly just a goaltending. Stop trying to win game six four. Yeah, I guess. I guess it comes down to, you know, these guys. Like, you know, I, I give Lilligren a hard time. So, how do you want to ask him to play if you don't want him to be a guy that goes up the rink yeah. and makes passes and skates? Yeah. And how do you want to ask Sandy to play? Had Jason that? York on. Yeah. And he said uh, his whole game plan was to make a good first pass and get the change. hell off the ice and change. <laughs> <laughs> Just make a good play. Yeah. And even if it's a 30-second shift, it'll be enough. Just make one good yeah. play and not well, one bad play. Well, if you're a third-pair guy, you just have to get through the game without showing up for the wrong reasons. When the coaches go through the tape, if you show up for the wrong reasons, they'll pull you out. If you don't show up at all, they'll leave you in. So I agree with you right God, now. The play Leafs, like a referee. Just don't be noticed. <laughs> the whole game. The Leafs are now 26th in the NHL in quality chances against. They give up a ton of quality chances against. And they had not been a team that had any red show up in all where, their sport Where logic. was that stat when, when Jack was lights out the first 35 games? Not there. No, they were fine there. This is only recently this has moved into the red becoming a problem uh, category. See, to me that... That takes the priority off of Jack Campbell. Yeah, if you're as, as the number one reason of why we're struggling right now. If five teams in the NHL are giving up more quality chances than you, you have identified a major issue. You know, and the the screens and tips and all that sort of stuff. You know that um, that's something that they can deal with, but the quality chances. By the way, Chris Kreider, speaking of quality chances, tips and deflections, just continues to tip and deflect pucks in the net. He owns it. I don't think I've seen that type of domination since uh, Tim Kerr in front of the net. It's a nice analogy. I mean, he was a strong guy who stood there. It was like watching uh, Lawrence Taylor. He was a bull, huh? uh, Play hockey. Tim Kerr. Before we uh, before we move on, we have to talk about um, my gambling picks. Our, Our Leafs locks tonight. So if you want to bet the Leafs minus a goal and a half, so the Leafs have to win by two, it'll play you plus 113. Would you bet on the Leafs to win by two goals tonight? Do you like that as a bet? You have to. If you're a Leaf fan, you honestly believe that they should win, and I hope they win 3-1. Yeah. I feel like they're going to get a goaltending performance from Peter Morazic tonight, and we're we're going to go ahead and save that because tomorrow it's going to come back to bite <laughs> me for sure. But it just feels like all this focus on yeah. goaltending, all this focus on defense, all the, it's been that it's in the media. Sheldon's talking about it. You know, it's you in know, their meetings. They're going to give him a chance to goaltend tonight. You know how I've, we've talked about Peter Morazic before he played one game with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. It's either mm-hmm. he's going to be the best player on the ice or he'll be the worst. Yeah. But there is just no in between. There's he's, not. And he's this, either great or he stinks. And here's an interesting one for as far as gambling. This is the first hockey game I've seen this season where the over-under on goals is set at seven. 
for the game. That's the highest number I've seen all yes. season. Because they're figuring it out. Mrazek right now is 31st in the NHL, or sorry, 61st in the NHL among goaltenders and goals saved above expected. Um, and Merzlikens is 47th. So two goaltenders who are in the bad backup category right now statistically. And goals per game are up around the league, over 3.07 goals per game per team right now. I think whoever sets that is listening to our show. They know pucks are going they in. They know. It's crazy. Offense is way up. And you want to tell everybody why you were a little distracted earlier on in the show? Yes, I can tell you why I was super distracted. The An NFL player was suspended for a year for gambling on the NFL. He bet on NFL games, parlays while he was away from the team. And when he bet on his own team, he bet for it to win. He says he does not have a gambling problem. He only bet $1,500. Oh, that makes it all right then. Just fifteen, hun. God, I hope we're not opening up a well, yeah, a, you... a new issue in the sporting world. I think it's more, um, you know, more than like malice or a player looking for an angle. I think it's stupidity, and that their phones open, they see everyone's placing yeah. bets. It's simple; you just click a couple buttons. So players don't bet. That's for how about broadcasters? Fans. They shouldn't bet either. Now nah, we're greenlit. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be transparent. You gotta wear it. That's right. Yeah. Pom poms back on. Oh, put, we my, got enough I'm in this. Leafs we got enough. We got half. enough pom poms in the league. We don't need any more. Go Leafs, go. All right, Derek Brandeo. Our thanks to you, Jr. Justin Ryan, not Jack Ryan. Thanks for producing. We're back tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night.